Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Brent S., Todd A., and Mike P. Returning to the show, Mr. Steve Robinson, President and CEO of Sun Metals, a British Columbia, Canada-focused copper, gold, explorer, and developer advancing the Stardust project. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol SUNM and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol SMTTF. Steve, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Well, Steve, thanks for coming back on to update. Let's see, you've had some uh, lab delays, and but you did have some results that just came out a few days ago on Stardust. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we were glad to finally get some results back from the lab. They were about a month delayed, but you know we're very excited about this program uh, in 2020. We've got a tremendous discovery that we made in, in 2018, one of the best uh, copper discoveries worldwide. In 2019, we went in and showed that this uh, new zone had some legs to it. And in 2020, we're going in and doing more detailed work and just providing that additional incremental step forward that's eventually going to get us to, uh, we hope, our threshold tonnage that we're looking for. And Steve, when do you see the remaining results coming in? And can you just speak about the, what, three holes, I believe, that just came out, news release, and the market initially didn't appear to like that too much, but what can we expect when you see those other results? Well, now that we've started to receive results, I'm hopeful that we're going to start to uh, see regular returns from the lab. They're delayed, but we should uh, get them coming back on a regular basis now. And uh, I expect we're going to have a steady news flow over the fourth quarter. So we've re released three of uh, 17 drill holes. There's 14 more to go. So that'll give us uh, quite a few news points over the next three months, I would expect, maybe into 21 as well. The, the reason we're so excited about uh, getting these results out there is uh, that we've made some real milestone achievements in this first news release, um, in particular with hole 457. And the discovery that I was talking about is called the 421 zone, very high grade mineralization, uh, found over, you know, very nice width. The uh, thickness of what we're finding in the 421 zone is about an order of magnitude thicker than the intercepts that we had seen in the Canyon Creek zone, which overlies it. So um, that's one of the things that uh, really makes us believe that this is a, a feeder zone down in the stratigraphy below the Canyon Creek zone. And this latest drill hole, 457, is the first time that we've established a link between 421 and the overlying Canyon Creek zone. So it uh, establishes that this is indeed a feeder that leads up into the, uh, the Canyon Creek. And now we've got this 900 meter long plunge length uh, corridor of high grade copper gold mineralization all the way from surface down to the lowest uh, place where we explored the 421 zone to date, which is hole 455. It's still open uh, in that direction, but uh, uh, you know this is really tremendous. There's not a lot of properties where you can go and find a high-grade corridor like that right from the surface down to 900 meters. 
what do you think the market was coming after as far as their expectation? You know, we had a little bit of a sell down. What's your thoughts there? Is the market missing something? Uh, not enough information, disappointed on the lab uh, results coming in on time. What's the thought? My thought is that the selling pressure that we saw on the date of the release was not related to the technical merit of those results, but was pent up selling demand that we had generated uh, with a lack of news. We really haven't had a, a release of technical results for about eight months. And uh, and so people, some people were looking for an exit uh, based on a volume event. And when they saw the first news come from out from the program, uh, they just got off the, the stock and and uh, that was perhaps exacerbated a little bit by the fact that we did a, a financing back in May and that paper came free trading just the weekend before we put the results out and uh, so those folks were sitting on a 100% gain at the beginning of the day and uh, there may have been some selling pressure that came from that as well. You know, that's all unfortunate and the timing, you know, didn't work out well for us, but you got to put out the results when you get them. You know, so we held our nose, got through that day. But at the end of the day, when we look back at this, we've still got some tremendous results that we were able to put out to the market. And uh, we're still very excited about the, the program and the results that we've got coming. Yeah. And Steve, what was the field interpretation? Maybe you can share a little bit of that when you guys pulled those cores. You guys have certainly seen more than what uh, the lab's working on. But as far as what was the, the mood out there in the field with how the drilling was going, your guys' expectation with this remaining 14 um, holes yet to come in, how was morale out there in the field? I'll tell you, the morale was pretty good when we hit hole 457. That was a drill hole that was put in uh, above where we had interpreted the mineralization in the 421 to go. And so um, when we hit uh, not only the four, uh, we hit 44 meters of uh, pretty decent 2.88% copper equivalent. That's pretty good grade over a, a long stretch. But what was really exciting about that was there was a 13.9 meter corridor of higher grade mineralization in there. And that really was uh, what we felt was the the key to that, uh, clearly we ha had one of these main fluid pathways where the mineralization was going from lower to higher. And uh, that for us established a clear connection between the 421 and the Canyon Creek zone. And I think personally that uh, this is the first of a few feeder connections that are gonna be shown between the two zones. Just geometry indicates to me that all of the mineralization in Canyon Creek couldn't have come through this one pathway. So there's more of them out there to find. The more that we find, the more copper and gold we add to the bottom line, and you know it just helps build the the tonnage, trying to work toward that tonnage threshold where we've got something that's going to be economic. Steve, maybe you can remind the audience uh, where that threshold is as far as where management is expecting to take this, and hopefully beyond your guys's expectations. And with the field season wrapping up, just walk the audience through upcoming milestones and what work will be going on throughout the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that the threshold that's commonly thought about for this project uh, with the grades that we've got, we need to have about uh, 10 million tons of uh, resource to have something that will be really good. You know, so that's sort of what we're keeping in mind in the, in the back of our head as we're moving forward here. Um, this is still an exploration project. So the existing resource that we've calculated on the Canyon Creek zone is about just about 3 million tons. 
of just under 3% copper equivalent. And uh, we have not done a 43101 estimate on the 421 zone yet. So we're uh, when we feel comfortable that we've explored most of the low-hanging fruit, we will do that initial calculation and see where we stand. I think we've still got a little ways to go yet to get to our 10 million ton threshold, but we're climbing there fairly quickly. So pretty pleased with our progress in that regard. In terms of milestones, right now, uh, you know, we've got a series of uh, results that will come out out of these uh, this last program. Um, so that'll be a nice news flow for the re remainder of this year, potentially into 21. We've also got a MET sample that we put into the lab. And that's really important for us because as we continue to explore, we're doing a lot of the uh, uh, engineering work as well that's going to be required to move this forward quickly when, once we do get to that uh, appropriate threshold. And we've, you know, I've been through the permitting process recently here in British Columbia. And so I'm kind of familiar with all of the uh, long lead time items that are going to be required. So for instance, uh, we installed a high level meteorological station or weather station on the property this year so we can start to gather some of the temperature, relative humidity, precipitation type uh, data that's going to be required. We've also installed a, a automated hydrometric station on the property. So we're gathering all of that data and setting this up so that when we get to the point where we're going to start to do uh, economic studies on this. Uh, we'll have all that information in hand. Talk about just briefly the uh, the First Nation work that's, that's kind of going in parallel here with your guys' work. Uh, update the audience on First Nation progress and how things are going on that front. Yeah, well, we feel very fortunate that we're in the core territory of Takla First Nation. They've been a, a very good partner for us. They've been highly involved in the exploration program. First Nation companies from TACLA have done all of our earthworks on the project to date. You know, they've done all of our lumber supply. They have provided us a number of community members that uh, have come out and, and become a part of our exploration team and their stakeholders in the company as well. So we have a good alignment of interest there. I'm, you know, very very much admire the chief who is uh, an ex-logger, so he's a businessman. He understands business and the benefits that projects like this can bring to his community. So I think that we have a good understanding of each other, and uh, and I really look forward to moving the project forward with them. Yeah, I think it's important that that continues because as things advance on the project and we get into things like permitting and British Columbia, it is uh, certainly a challenge to move things forward. So good on you for keeping those relations moving. Now, the remaining year and into next year, Steve, can you just kind of highlight the milestones and plans, you know, going out really the next, call it 12 months? Yeah, well, right now, it's all about the news flow coming from the exploration program. So, you know, certainly in the next three months, we're going to be looking at just having those results come in. Once we get them all in hand, then we're going to take a look at what we do next. And that is you know, do we do a 43-101 update with the results we got from this program uh, and start to plan for the next program? We have quite a bit of flexibility with this project because of where it's located. It's in the interior. It's not out on the coast where they get, uh, you know, 40 or 50 feet of snow in the winter. We're in the interior where you get four or five feet of snow in the winter. Last season, we worked right up until December 21st and proved that we could work well into wintertime conditions. So if we decide that we need to get out on the project uh, right away, we can do so, you know, we can go out there in March if we need to and start up the program. But, uh, you know, the, field, the summer field season starts about in May. So we'll be planning for that. 
And, uh, you know, as I said, I think we're going to need to do a little bit more exploration before we get to our desired tonnage. So um, we really need to assess where our best opportunities will be in terms of, uh, you know, being able to achieve that and hopefully we'd be able to, to push forward to that over the next program. And Steve, on the capital side, uh, where do we stand on cash after this program? When would you expect to raise capital and how long do you see that carrying you out? Yeah, the exploration program that we had this year had a budget of $3.8 million and we're just wrapping up, but it looks like we're going to be right on budget for that. So uh, good job by the, the team uh, making sure that they didn't uh, go over. I would say in addition to the budget that we had for the exploration program, I think that leaves us with a little bit more than a million dollars, maybe 1.2 million in hard dollars that we can continue to keep the lights on. And uh, so we don't have a lot of pressure that we need to go out and raise money right away for the survival of the company, but we do need to raise money before the next program. So I suspect that after we roll out some results here and maybe get this, the price up, a little bit, you know, sometime before we hit field season next year, we're going to need to go to the market and raise some more funds. On that topic, as far as on news flow, what do you see there? Are you expecting that coming news will potentially move the shares higher before that financing? What do you see as kind of the drivers over this winter period to see that happen? Yeah, certainly as we continue to unveil the results from the 2020 program, uh, I expect that we'll generate some some excitement. We've got some pretty splashy grades that come off this property, and I think they're really the type of results that can provide eye-catching headlines. Uh, this is one of the highest grade copper developments, you know, exploration stories uh, in Canada certainly uh, today. And so when we continue to roll these results out uh, on a regular basis, I, I think that the market will pay attention to that. And and certainly, uh, you know, our goal, of course, is to be uh, all the talk around the water cooler in the morning when guys are talking about the results that are being seen in the industry. I suspect that you're going to hear more and more about Sun Metals after a, quite a hiatus where we didn't have any results to provide, which was somewhat exacerbated by the fact that we had COVID in the spring, uh, now we're finally back into news flow. And I suspect that you'll hear Sun Metals uh, name drop more and more on a regular basis. And Steve, with further results coming in in the weeks ahead, and with you know the market being a little bit disappointed out of the gate here with that sell down, uh, extra shares coming out, et cetera, why should potential investors be considering Sun Metals here? Well, I think this is really a, a value opportunity. You know, first of all, we got the oxygen group behind us. This is the newest company in the stable. Uh, you know, the other three companies that are in the stable have, have achieved significant success. They've all got market caps of uh, 500 million or more at this point. You know, we're we're an earlier point on on the curve, and our market cap now, I think, is somewhere down around 20 million dollars. Uh, so I think that there's probably a lot of potential ahead of us. Uh, we really have a strong belief that we've followed the formula well. We've found a great project in a great jurisdiction. We've been able to build a great team around it. And so we've got all those key elements that would indicate that we're going to see some good success with Sun Metals. And we're just going to uh, not be deterred by trading days like we saw on Tuesday. We're going to continue to uh, dis be disciplined and follow our formula. And uh, I'm sure that that's ultimately going to lead to success. And Steve, uh, how can investors reach out to you and the company for more information? It's pretty easy to reach me by email. It's info at sunmetals.ca. 
and you know we've got a contact page on the website which is sunmetals.ca you know we've got all of our news releases on there but we also have some nice graphics we've got a quite a few videos that we've produced over the years and we tend to get quite a few hits on those videos so they're uh, generally popular and i think they're nice short educational tools to help people learn about uh, carbonate replacement deposits and stardust in particular um, so a lot of good information to be had there. And I do regularly respond to all the emails that come in through info at sunmetals.ca. So that's, a, that's the best way to contact me. Well, Steve, always a pleasure. I really look forward to more progress at Stardust and uh, stay well. All right. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate your time today.